Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the new voice of MMA and today's very special guest, candidate for Coach of the Year, Eugene Behrman, and the Nigerian Ninja, the last style bender, Israel Adesanya. What's up, fellas? Hey guys, good to see you again. Hey, it's good to have you guys with us. Uh, it really is. And uh, congratulations, first of all, to both of you, Eugene and Israel, on on the last fight uh, with the victory in the rematch with Vittori. Uh, you know, I'll get right to it. I, For me, it just looked like you were back to being you. Um, I don't know what else to say. You were loose, instinctive, creative. Um, to me, that's what you are. You're, you're that guy. And... Listen, I'm in no way, I think you know, I respect all fighters, I would never, ever take anything away from the fight before that with Blahovich. Um, You know, a whole, different, a whole different animal, a whole different situation, a bigger guy moving up, doing something that very few people would even try to do. Um, but for me, even before that fight, Israel and Eugene, I, I don't know. Tell me if I'm crazy. But my, I looked at you. You just didn't look you. You know, and again, listen, all the credit to Blahovich. I have a lot of respect for him. He's not just a big guy. He's not just a strong guy. You know, he's technically solid and he's a smart guy. And he's a, probably a lot smarter and more technical than, than most people will ever realize. Uh, unless they understand the sport better or unless they've been in the ring with him. That, that he does he does the right things in there. But having said all of that, I I just I just didn't feel like it was it was Israel. And you know, and again he had something to do with it, but it just looked like you were off. And I know that you have too much pride, too much professionalism, um, too much respect to ever make an excuse. And and I'm not doing that. But just talk to me. Tell me uh am i crazy or something or what but the last fight it looked like you were back to having fun yeah definitely um it was fun that was that's a key word i actually had fun in the cage right up to the very end even when he was hammer fisting my thigh i was just playing <laughs> around um, that's always fun uh, it's always fun to have someone have yeah. a in your thigh, you know? <laughs> when i don't have anything else to do on the weekend i always say i wish i had somebody to thunder fist my thigh you know a lot of fun a lot of fun. i think it's a, it's, an inter it's an interesting question though teddy I, I actually never even asked israel that myself like did he feel were you different before the young fight did you feel the difference now that you can look back at both those two fights uh, I'd say it definitely it made a difference that I went over earlier this time, um, as suggested uh, by my pops. Because one thing he said in in the press conference from the 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 Jan fight, he said, you know, your eyes didn't look right, like from the press conference. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, no, nah, you didn't you didn't have your bright eyes. And I was like, oh, okay. So he kind of suggested that I should go over earlier this time. So. I did. And again, like you said, Teddy, I wouldn't say this because I, I know you guys won't do this, but other MMA media outlets might try and use this. It's like, oh, Adesanya says excuse you know, never, for Jan Fight finally. I know, I know you guys won't do that. That's why I've, I qualified it by saying 
that yeah you i know never you guys would. wouldn't do it i yeah. know you guys wouldn't do it but other media outlets would watch this and then try and use clickbait so fucking warnings <laughs> yeah but uh that's yeah, a good point not, not you guys they're not you guys them they know who they are they know who they are no, no, but, nobody's um, using us for clickbait, believe me. Otherwise, yeah, but, otherwise, I'm not nearly as good as you, but I'll be coming out of retirement. No, <laughs> no but um, yeah, I, I feel like going over earlier this time uh, was a big step for us because, man, the heat in Arizona, I'm telling you, it's, it's no joke. Even if you live in California, the Arizona heat, a desert heat is different, so... Um, completely different places yeah definitely and um yeah working out there the week before i could feel the oxygen in my like going through your nose it kind of pierces your 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 senses like while you're breathing so you have to get used to that and if you get in there fight week and you're trying to get used to that uh uh-huh i feel sorry for you um that and like you said just just having fun there was there was a bit in that fight i don't know if it ever got caught on camera but um my one of my, my coaches, Twister, saw me in the third round. I think either heading into the fourth, and he, you know, he doesn't come to the ring. You know, he sits by the cage and he just yelled out, "Izzy, Izzy, don't get bored, don't get bored." And I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, true." Because I was already winning the fight. I knew I was up, but he looked at me and said, "Don't get bored, don't get bored." And I'm glad he did because it kind of fired me back up. Like, oh yeah, I am. Even my wrestling coach um what's his name andre said in the polar costa fight similar thing like you know stay sharp stay sharp and yeah i feel like that was key in this fight you know i didn't get frustrated and i was having fun you know i'm gonna to the point that you just brought up with eugene earlier about that eugene not you eugene said that um your eyes there was something i i'm telling you call me crazy but I, I already said this before Eugene said a word that I didn't think, to, I just thought you weren't you. You weren't, there was something missing. And if I used one word, and again, call me crazy, but I would say sleepy. You almost look sleepy to me. <laughs> I'm just uh, telling you. That, and, that's what my dad said. That's why he said I didn't have my bright eyes. And again, credit, I'd say Jan also fought us smarter than he's fought anyone else. He didn't fight us the way he normally for other people with reckless abandonment. He you know, better he not. Took me, he better not. Exactly. Yeah. He took us seriously. He took us seriously. And he did give us the credit at the end of the fight saying, man, he he packs that thing on him. So, yeah, um, that was definitely a factor. Some people, some people, you know, even from the UFC broadcast team said we won that fight. And I've had to be like, you know, yeah, it was close. But in my humble opinion, I would give the fight to Jan if I was judging. You know, I would give it, you know, he beat us just. That's an honest but, man. That's an honest yeah, fighter. Well, I mean, that's 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 how we, we, we try to be, we try to be objective. To be. That's how we get better, you know? No, that's how, listen, you you don't get better in anything in life by lying to yourself. That Facts. much I know. That, that much I know. And the other thing that I want to say going in now to the, to the Vittori fight, the Vittori fight, you and Eugene, you had a great, great, great fight plan now listen again it was you it was loose you were instinctive because you're an instinctive guy you got to be you you got to be loose you remind me see customato used to say to me teddy the really special ones make it up as they do it 
And I was like, yeah, cuss. Yeah, the real special. You got to teach them the basic realm of what they're doing and give them the right direction, give them the right rules, the right laws of the land, um, you know, the right, the right technique, um, and stay within, stay within the parameters. But the real special ones, they can go outside those, those realms and they can kind of create it as they do it. You know, like a Jimi Hendrix with a guitar or a Louis Armstrong with a horn. They just, they just hit notes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. They just they feel it. They create it. To me, that's you. Uh, that, that's kind of you. You know, you're within your realm that Eugene gets you. But then you have the ability, the special ability to go outside that realm. To kind of make it up as you do it. To just feel it and do it. And... For me, with your athleticism, to be at your best, and I saw it in the last fight with Vittori, you need a little space. You, and I love the way you spaced yourself. You know, that Eugene, you had it where you had enough space where he's damned if he do, damned if he don't. And what I mean by that is, is that if he stands there, bang, you're going to close the gap on him, you're going to beat him to the mark. If he comes in, bang, you're going to counter him. If he goes backwards, bang, you're going to go with him. So uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't, you were, to me, you were working on all eight cylinders and you were easy. You were, you were at your best where you, you had that space you know, just enough to create room where if he comes in, you counter him. He stands there, like I said, you're quick enough to get to the mark before he can time you. A little bit like a young Pacquiao. Pacquiao used to be that way, where he could close that gap. Whack! You know, zero to 60, like a sports car, and, and get to you before you could even get off the mark. But anyway... Am I on target a little bit with the game plan and the way you felt and with the spacing? Yeah, well, well, we, I mean, our coaching style, me and my team, is we we give these guys the basic framework. We give them the framework, but we allow for them to work off that framework with their specialness, with their own creativity. And at the end of the day, coaching is a, it's it's a two way thing. Some some of the people don't realize that, but it's what I see, and what he feels and sees. And that one minute that we come together, it's not just about me imposing what I see. It's about us both coming together as quickly as we can and, and as concisely as we can, and then um, going out there with the next plan for the next round. It's a, it's a collaborative effort between both of us and and the team. So. Yeah, that 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 room for creativity um, that you talked about earlier is um, so important because a lot of coaches don't 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 allow that. Don't allow that. They restrict it and they restrict it too much. And so that's an important part of what we work on. And then, <clears throat> yeah, our, our game plan, um, as you know, like Israel's, it's all about it's all about that the distance. It's all about what what happens between A and B? It's the space between A and B and what we do with it, how we create it and how we close it. And um, it's something we work tirelessly on the gym, whether it's making space or closing space. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, I think that's the art of the whole sport is that 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 little distance between A, a and B is um, is the whole sport. <laughs> Yo, I listen. You're just 
verifying what I felt I was seeing and it wasn't an accident that yeah. you, you had that space this time where you could do your thing. I'll add two things to what he said, two things to what he said. He, he even in the back, in the back before, while we were warming up, I, I, I did something and I almost caught our resting coach Andre while he shot in. And I was just like, Ooh, I'm dialed in. And I said, I just said to Eugene or something like, yeah, just when, when, when you see he's about to shoot, I'll feel it. But when you see he's about to shoot, just let me know. And then Eugene said, yeah, but you'll feel it first. So you just go off what you feel. And he did, it was just a passing comment, but that reassured me like, yeah, you know, like he, 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 he trusts my instincts. He trusts my judgment. I was like, yeah, I know. But just also you, you, you'll know when he's about to shoot. And I'd say the second thing is, yeah, Victoria was, he was damned if he did, like you said, and damned if he didn't. So he almost, well, better than Romero, he actually tried to fight, but he didn't really, he wasn't trying to win, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Kelvin Gastelum tried to win the fight. I mean, that's the blueprint. If you want to fight, you got to try and beat me. You know, you don't just try and survive. That's the blueprint. And, you know, look what happened to Kelvin Gastelum. First round, he got me. Second round, you, you might get me, but guess what? You're trying to win. That leaves you open, and yeah, we can get you too. Yeah, listen, um, it's true. Uh, we say in boxing, when I'm doing a broadcast on boxing, I always say the hardest thing to do is to get rid of a guy who, who isn't really trying to win because if he's trying to survive... <laughs> All defense. He was like so defensive, so defensive in that fight and that's why i think i got bored and twist had to be like hey israel stay focused don't get bored because well, there was like, another what, part gonna... to it there yeah. was the other part to it one other part that you you did a hell, heck of a job with um you when you're on and you are on obviously and you're doing what i just talked about what eugene verified what you verified uh, it's very frustrating for an opponent and that to me is part of it is part of your strength is that you will naturally frustrate somebody when when you're on because like we just said damned if you do damned if you don't the, the guy tries to get in bang the guy stands there bang the, the you know so the guy goes backwards bang bang so you know <laughs> it's it's a very frustrating thing to be in there with a guy like you when you're hitting on all cylinders. And I think it showed. I think it showed because I think that he got frustrated, that, that he got really frustrated. And I was going to ask you, what, and I know what the answer is probably, but I wanted to ask you and get it out of your mouth. Were you aware of that, that you were frustrating him? And did you help him kind of push him down that cliff a little bit by talking to him? Because that's it. I, I yeah, said it I did. I, I did. I um, There was a bit where I reversed his his rear naked choke. He had a rear naked choke on me at one point in the third round, I believe. And I felt like that was his his moment in his eyes. Like, yes, finally got him down. Yes, I finally <laughs> got the back. I got the hooks in, finally. This is it. I'm about to be world champion. And in my head the whole time, I was just sit, I was like, man, I, and I, because of all the work, the breath work I've been doing with this guy, uh, David Wood in New Zealand, um, in my last lockdown after the Jan fight, Kai told me how when he was in a red naked choke, he was completely relaxed. He didn't panic. And he was in a deeper one than me twice. 
And he he said that was attributed to the um, the breath work. So I've been working with this guy. And when I was in the same position, I was not even, my heart didn't skip a beat. My heart didn't skip a beat. I was just like, all right, bet, watch this. And I spun him around. And I will never forget the look in his eyes. I've said this at the post-fight press conference. But I'll never forget the look in his eyes. And he just looked petrified. And I grabbed him by the throat. And I looked at him for about two seconds. And I said, you're scared, aren't you? And I tried to throw an elbow off that that frame, but it just <laughs> missed. Um, that that was the moment I felt like he lost he lost the fight, that he just didn't want to be there anymore. And Eugene and my my uh, my other coaches actually pulled me back a lot because I think from the fourth and fifth round they saw like okay I could see he was ready to go, but I guess maybe Eugene had PTSD from the last fight. And didn't want me to put my foot too much on the pedal. So he, like, there was a bit, again, I, I, I think I swept him off the cage. And I, I was there in his guard. And then I looked up and they were like, get your ass back on the I was like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I backed off and then I uh, kept on going to work. But I, I felt like I really wanted to just display my grappling a little bit more. I wanted to um, really put this guy away. Because after that moment, he was ready to go. But, um, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll just... I guess my coaches pulled me back a bit, pulled the reins a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, I the before I give it to Ken for the next question, I just wanted to follow up on that. Where I I talked about how you kept space and how obvious it was to me that you you wanted to keep space so you could do your thing, um, either counter or get off uh, before the other guy. But I also obviously was noticing just how darn good you were at either avoiding his shoots to get you to the mat, his shoots for your legs, or escaping, dealing with it on the floor and escaping. I mean, you you were tremendous at that. I mean, really tremendous at it. Uh, it was a big part of it because, let's face it, the only way he was going to win wasn't going to be striking. It was going to be down on the mat uh you know that was the only chance he was going to be able to win and again you were just magnificent at either avoiding the shoots to get there or getting back to your feet once you were there uh and obviously you've been working like like heck to do that yeah we've worked tirelessly on that and that also starts from the footwork and like eugene said earlier the distance management um, but also our wrestling coach, Andre, he's, we've just drilled this shit till it's boring. So I was able to get off the fence easy. Um, some of the stuff me and Eugene and the rest of the team work at 10 AM. We're able to execute on the ground and yeah, uh, I, I look forward to being there again, to being on the mat again. And this time I might not listen to my corner as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we walk a thin line and, and maybe in retrospect I probably did have a little bit of memory from the last fight about being taken down in those last two rounds so I probably pulled him back a little bit in retrospect but um, that's what I'm there for you know sometimes some... <laughs> yes sir yes you sir know? I'm on your side, Eugene. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Eugene. I'm crazy. Sometimes, I'm crazy. You know, sometimes we take the W and uh, 
You're crazy <laughs> like a fox. He's crazy like a fox. <laughs> but but I'm still with you, Eugene. Yeah, sometimes it's necessary. And uh, let's let's let's. Uh, I know Israel probably could have poured that poured a bit more pressure on in those last two rounds. But um, you know, sometimes sometimes we just need to get home and be safe. Get home and be safe and and recollect ourselves. For the next one, we can take a bit more risk. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Go get him. In other words, next, go get him. Go do it. Go ahead. Hey, guys, quick pause to give a shout out to today's sponsor, MyBookie. Check them out at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for a 50% credit on your first deposit. Big fight coming up this weekend at UFC 264. We've got Conor McGregor, minus 110, versus Dustin Poirier, minus 120. Pretty much even money here. And the over-under... One and a half rounds over minus 170, under plus 140. Some really interesting lines here. Check it out, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for a 50% credit on your first deposit. Good luck. Uh, for I want to give you a quick compliment, Izzy, and just say that when you were describing how you reversed the rare naked and grabbed him by his throat and said, aren't you scared? It reminds me of, I don't know if you ever watch ice hockey, like that antagonistic player, like a guy named Sean Avery who played for the Rangers. He is the last person you want to play against, but the first guy you want on your team because you're like, that guy will die for this team. But when you're playing against him, he'll kill you for his, for his own team. And that's what you remind me of. And the other thing is, you guys seem to have so much fun together when I think about MMA teams like this one of the first teams I think of is is city kickboxing maybe because you guys are so far away but it just seems like such a tight-knit family and I want to give you guys a chance to speak about a horrible incident with Fao Vaca and talk to me about Fao and what he meant to you guys and I know you mentioned him on the broadcast but I want to make sure that the guy gets his due here and uh, I'm very sorry for your loss and tell us about him yeah, well, let me talk a little bit about his talent. Like, he was essentially a guy with five or six amateur fights. And for some of Israel's fights, he's been a, 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 amongst a myriad of high level fighters. He is, I'll put him in as Israel's chief sparring partner. That's how talented. He was, and and you'll hear Israel say, "There's been many a round that if Israel's not on, then that round went to this went to this kid, and this kid hadn't had a professional fight yet. So, I mean, we his destiny, at least in our eyes, was pretty clear. Um, he was eventually going to make it to the to the upper echelons of the sport. Um, we 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 as a team had no doubt about that. It was just." It was just about developing him to that place. Um, just super talented guy. And not, not just a talented guy, but just a really good human being. A, a dad with a young daughter and a wife. And, and um, it's, it's, it's sad but true and a little bit of an overused statement nowadays, but somehow life always gets the good ones. I don't know how that is, but um, that fact that, that is... Uh, can really be true in this particular instance. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you guys got a chance to speak about him a little bit, and I'm glad Izzy gave him a shout-out, a terrible incident. And um, Well, again. I just want to say that, Israel, first of all, thank you 
for just, you know, just for being that kind of human being that your loyalty and your your respect for your friend that you you took the the time you did it in a proper way in a heartfelt way and you spoke the truth you spoke the truth about something and somebody needs to speak the truth because something like that should never happen um should never happen and it's cowards you know yeah. that that it's cowards that do that stuff and and there's a small small pocket of society that unfortunately might look at it in a way where they're doing something in a you know in a tough way where it's the antithesis of that where it's the most cowardly thing you can do in the world um to go up behind somebody when they have no chance to defend themselves and it's happening in different parts of the world and it's it's got to be stopped and somebody needs to speak to it and i just wanted to thank you really for at your moment you had your moment you won but yet you thought about somebody else and you thought about saying something that was important to say uh i just I just want to yeah. tell you, thank you. Even Brad, Brad, Brad did that. Brad, my, my other teammate, who had a beautiful fight on the night as well. Beautiful performance, fight of the night. Um, he walked out to Foe's entrance music, which was the song from his dad's village, and he got permission from the family to do that. Um, he, after the fight, also spoke to it. So I feel like, like even on our, we have a private group chat right now that we're trying to make moves on, especially for um, this country, New Zealand, and the laws governing this kind of shit. Because uh, Australia is far ahead. Um, the boxer Danny Green, I'm sure you know who he is. He campaigned against the coward punch over there, put his foot on their neck. You know, even I remember when he was doing it, we were getting the the likes of that as well in New Zealand. I remember the, the, the you know, when, when it was happening um, and he got the laws change. I think you get 20 years for something like that. Now um, we're talking in our group chat of different incidents that get even lo- like looked over when it, when it comes to, and I hate the word they, they say over here in Australia and New Zealand, they sometimes they call it the King hit. And I keep saying, there's nothing high and mighty about that. Like it's a coward bottom feeder thing to do. So, um, yeah, I, I just wish our government now would, you know, l- take a look at this and realize it's not just for us. Like it's just, it's for it's it's better for everyone because this shit happens every weekend, believe it or not. And some people just walk it off. I managed to walk away from it in 2012 with my life, and Fall didn't. So, and a few others haven't. There's, you know. The, the, the reality in our part of the world, unfortunately, uh, I hate to say it, and I don't want to go too much about it, go on too much about it, but these guys will uh, get a couple of years. It's horrible. They, 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 they ended our friend's life, and uh, they've created, created a horrible. widow and a child without a father. And in two more years, they'll be sitting at McDonald's, you know, having a laugh and and doing whatever they do, and and we're about to we're about to start a campaign as a team to get that get get harsher treatment for this punishment, and get get this crime, you know, get this crime 
get this crime to where it should be in terms of the punishment for doing it. That's what we're about. Murder. They should be in jail for life, for life. I mean, really. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's for life. And it's the most cowardly thing you could do. And, and to, I don't, the only thing more appalling is that somebody dies. But right next to that, what is almost just as appalling is what Izzy just touched on, that somebody and some segment of people in this world would actually think that to call it a king hit, that would actually think that that's something to, to, to feel brave about or to feel accomplished about. That, that, it's incomprehensible. It shouldn't yeah. be comprehensible today. Yeah, and Dan, Danny Green did a tremendous job in Australia campaigning to get that word and that saying changed to a coward punch, which is which is aptly suited. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and in our, and, and our, yeah, and our part of the Thank world, that's, that's kind of become the predominant language now around that sort of crime, which is, I mean, all credit to Danny Green. But he, he's a good dude. Well, well, good credit to all of you. Credit to all of you. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity to speak a little bit about your teammate. But um, Izzy, let's get back to fighting now. What's next for you? Who are you going to get? Is it Bobby Knuckles? Yeah, I'm putting the bubble, the, the, the knuckles back on old Bobby. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, oh, fuck, even my one of my guys from my YouTube channel sent me a clip of him calling me a shit person. Um, just recently, I get, I, I don't look for these things. They get sent to me by my people and, uh, I can see it again. It's, it's, it's already happening again. <laughs> it's already happening again, except he's a bit more, he's lost his cool. Um, he talked about saying he lost his cool in the last fight. Nah, it's too late. He's lost his cool now. Um, the last fight leading up to it, he was trying to pretend like everything was all right. And I, you can verbatim find the interviews when I was saying he do, he's not handling this well, you know, but he had a suit on, you know, he had his people around him. He's in his home country and he just looked like the prim proper poster boy for his moment. And I'm saying, I was saying, leading to, I was like, man, he's not himself. He's, you know, he's taking shots at me. He's making memes about me, you know, like. It's, and he's trying to act like, oh, I'm the crazy one. Everyone was saying, oh, my God, Robert's so in his head. Look how angry Izzy was getting. I was saying, look, he's not himself. He can't handle the moment. This is pressure. 57,127 people in that arena that night. And I could see that pressure was on him when we were in the cage. I could feel it. I felt like, like a cobra, you know, and I could just feel like he was just feeling that pressure. Marvin felt that as well this weekend. He felt that pressure. I made him crack at the press conference. That was the best thing. And he stood up and I didn't even move an inch. And I just sat there laughing at him because I, I didn't feel threatened. I was like, he's not going to do shit. Um, you, you, so, yeah, definitely, I, you definitely made him mad. <laughs> yeah, I made him, I made him crack. It was fun. That was fun. That was a fun little energy game we were playing. I wanted to see how, if I could make him crack because he's the same thing. He came in there looking cool with his three-piece on. And yeah, I was just like, bitch, I got my fucking flower shirt i'm <laughs> chilling got my shades on and i made him i made him hot under that under that suit so yeah that was fun and i'm gonna do that again this time i feel like i've already kind of achieved that with, with robert so yeah um we're ready we're already yeah things are on the way 
Israel, you you do that stuff obviously on purpose. And um, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, well, if it's if it's working, I, I, I will dig a knife in there. Yeah, I think so. And you have the instincts to do it. You know the the mentality, the obviously the temperament and personality, but but the the just the instincts, the uh, innate intelligence, if you will, to understand that if you can get to somebody that way, it can help you. It can be it can be if somebody allows themselves to be vulnerable in that way, yeah. um, you can help yourself. And the only the guy that comes to mind, and I want to ask you if. If you got a little bit of it from him, the guy that comes to mind that did it so well was Muhammad Ali. I mean, he, oh my goodness. Oh, oh. He was he crazy. Did, oh, what he did to Sonny Liston, what he did to Joe Frazier. I mean, uh, these, these were great fighters. I mean, Sonny Liston doesn't get enough credit for being a great fighter. He was a great fighter and a great yeah. puncher. And Ali just, Ali beat him before the fight started. Um, talk about that. Yeah, I, I mean, from my recollection, I wasn't around in those days, but from the, you know the stories and the, what I've watched, Ali was tormenting him pretty much to the even the point at the press conference. I think was it Sonny was like petitioning to like you know get him removed from the building or have him examined or evaluated. Um, things like that for me, I, I don't. I, I, I like you. I like to say I'm emotionally intelligent than most people in my situation because most Marvin is not emotionally clued up at all. He has no clue about his emotions and how easy it is to rile them up because I see the way he acts when the cameras are on. Like the the week of when I first saw him, I walked right up to him and I shook his hand again. Why? Because I felt no threat. I knew he wasn't going to sucker punch me. I knew he wasn't going to do anything out of character because there was no cameras or shit but then when the camera's on then he wants to flex and act a, a part or play a role so yeah um ali was someone who definitely picked some stuff from prisoner scene mike tyson you know floyd mayweather you know these are, these are in boxing some of the goats when it comes to pre pre-fight warfare but man, man everything's fair in love and war yeah i mean good for you to uh, the the great ones, they they will pick stuff from other great ones. They will, they will take stuff, um, and add it to their their arsenal. Uh, put it in their basket is what I like to say, you know, and and have it, you know, uh, for the proper time, and the proper time to use it. So I I just needed to ask you that because Ali really was the goat. When it came to that stuff, I mean, he he's the guy that first really brought people's attention to being able to break somebody down mentally uh, before the fight even started. I always talk about Eugene. I always talk, I'm sure you do too. I always talk to, about with the fighters that for me, 75% of boxing is mental. Um, how much would you guys put into your sport of it being mental? Yep, I mean, shit. I think we put a little bit more, on, you know, like give give or take. Um, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a hard sport. It's such a hard living. It's such a hard way. Oh yeah. It's such a hard way for a young man 
to make an existence. Um, and it's 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 a it's a hardship that's hard for a lot of everyday people that are in other lifestyles and other walks of life to understand. But um, you know that that's where it, that's where it all comes from. Like at the end of the day, like um, you you have to take every little percentage you can get. And I'm not, I I'm not uh, uh, like I wasn't the greatest advocate of the mental warfare before a fight. Personally, for me personally, I just showed up and fought. I had there was nothing. I was very meat and potatoes. I showed up, I fought, I went home. But I've seen firsthand um, through studying this long history of, of boxing and MMA that there's merit in getting into someone's head. Ali obviously was one of the greatest at it. And I've seen Izzy do it firsthand to people. I've seen Izzy um, throw people off their game. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm an advocate of it. But I, I will say this. Um, you can do a lot of things before a fight, but you have to be true to yourself and you have to be true to your values. Um, and, and I've always said that to the guys. I said, yes. do what you have to do, but stay within yourself as a human being and stick to your values. Don't overstep lines. And um, that happens a lot in the sport too. A lot of lot, lot of things, a lot of things go to places where I think they never should go outside the realm of the sport. But I think Izzy does a well, Izzy does a good job of sh- sticking to his values, um, even though we're, um, we're even though we're in warfare. He sticks to the, the those values that he's true to. Yeah. There's three things I won't go to. There's three. There's families. Um, partners or like something maybe someone's going through deep rooted that you might have a hint about and you know like this because we're all here in this in this game trying to do the same thing we're all trying to you know make a better future for ourselves so this is work if you will doesn't feel like it all the time but yeah um so i feel like keep them especially kids i feel leave kids out of it and family that's so when, I mean, it's only ever happened once, I won't repeat it, but when, when someone went low, like I said, don't test me because I can limbo and I can get dirty. I can get dirty if I have to. So I try and keep my hands clean. I can sleep at night with the things I've said. But yeah, I mean, this is just a, a warning shot, if you will. I 100% agree with you and the way yeah. that you approach it, both of you, because what you just said basically is, at the end of the day, no matter what, you have to have your own integrity. You have to have character. Um, you have to have integrity Facts. as a human being. And that's on you. That's not on him. You know, that's on you. And, and at the end of the day, when you get in that ring, this might sound funny to some people, but you have to like yourself. You have mm. to like who that person is getting in the ring. And you have mm. to trust that person. That's the power. For me, that's the power. And if you don't like yourself and you don't trust that person, it's going to show up one day. It's going to show up one day. So, Rex. go ahead, Ken. You you have something, I'm sure. Yeah, one of the things that you just mentioned is it's a business. And right before we came on today, uh, I just saw a tweet from Ariel Hawani that they're making Derek Lewis versus Surreal Gunn on August 7th for the interim heavyweight title. Now, Francis, 
I Francis couldn't go on the 7th. I'm just getting bits and pieces of it literally just before we go on. Francis couldn't go on August 7th. And I don't know that I, again, I'm speculating. I don't know that he has the best relationship with management, but there has to be some tension there for them to go three months after he won the belt. We're making this fight. I think they needed a big fight for August 7th is what I'm picking up from Twitter. Now, again, I'm just getting this from Ariel on Twitter. Ariel's usually pretty good, but man, what a slap in the face that would be to make an interim title fight three months after Francis won the fight, they couldn't get John to agree to terms. Now, I don't know if it's John or, or um, Francis, but sounds like the negotiations were tense and they're going to give an interim title to Derek Lewis for a surreal gun. Interesting. Well, at least they didn't strip him of the belt. But um, yeah, because Fra- Francis is in Vegas right now. He's finna- He just returned from the Congo, so I don't see why there would be a need uh, for an interim belt. Maybe they've got something else in the works. You never know. These guys are crazy. I love the UFC yep. brass. They they operate different out there in the desert, so they might have <laughs> something else in the works with Francis that they have to keep hush-hush. Who knows? By the Can way, be. I like your background, by the way, Ken. Looking like good, that? looking good. <laughs> good choice. Thank you, man. My, uh, I think I told you before. My my daughter, who's ten years old, is um, adopted. She's from Ethiopia, and I told her you were yeah, coming you on today. Me. And she's like, she's oh, like, oh, that's, that's my favorite guy. She's at swimming. Otherwise, yeah. she would have insisted to come in and say oh, hello. I would, I would love to say what's <laughs> up. If you're ever at the fights or anything, you know, bring her yeah, through. Man. We'd love to say what's up and sign those posters we'll, as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll be at the uh, McGregor um, Poirier fight supporting our man oh, Dustin Poirier. Awesome. Yeah. I'd love to get to New Zealand at some point. Yeah, yeah. once you get out of this quarantine, maybe. Because <laughs> we're still in our mandatory two-week quarantine. We'll come down and test drive some of those cars. I see you flexing on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Good for you, man. I love, see- I love seeing those posts and seeing you enjoying your life. That's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? We're just trying to like do the best we can, and I love seeing people get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Yeah, I mean, you know, for a lot of people, sometimes it's just you know, they see the the glitz and glam now. They see us with the belt. They see us with, you know, living nice. But, yeah, there's a lot of work. And I like the way actually my, my dad broke it down the best. This is when I was younger and not listening to him. He said, <laughs> this is when I was. <laughs> so my dad tried to teach me how to, when I came back from China, he tried to teach me how to save money. And I was like, Pops. Ain't nobody got time for investing <laughs> in houses and owning all that shit. I'm 24. Let me enjoy myself. And I go broke. And I was like, fuck. And then when I got in the UFC, he you know, wanted to teach me how to invest properly. And I said, you know what? I didn't listen to this man before and I went broke like two times over. I should <laughs> probably just listen to this man now. And yeah, I'm glad I have because, you know, everything is good in, in, on, this, on that side. But um, damn. I lost my trail of thought. Speaking um, of that, speaking of that, one thing I wanted to ask you before I turn it back to Teddy is, um, what who, what sponsors are you working with outside of the ring? Because to me, you're a very marketable guy, and um, mm. I always like give people give the fighters an opportunity to shout out their sponsors and the people that are helping them be in this position. So, who are you working with? Oh, definitely Engage Engage Fightwear. We've been with them since day dot pretty much. Uh, my guy Ash Del Castro. You'll see him in the cage. Um, the old, 
old gray, uh, little tubby guy. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, he, I'm sure he's going to appreciate that description. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves it's to be all gray and tubby. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, yeah, but um, so he's been the guy that's been believing in us, you know, from the jump and believed in what we're doing. And, and likewise, we did the same with him. Um, he's been a big supporter, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if I can say this now, but, you know, he was close to being, we were close to like being maybe it wouldn't have been Venom fight kits. You would have been saying, but I'm glad that we've, we've put ourselves or he's put himself in this platform that he's able to like, uh, I guess, you know, help a lot of other people as well. Um, apart from them, I've got my protein as well. He's a, their uh, supplement sponsor from the UK, but they're shipping worldwide and I love their products. I love the business relationship I have with them. Um, I've also got, um, I was say Puma, of course, come on, can't forget it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to I'm say like, Puma. I'm giving you like, every opportunity. I'm like, come oh, on, right. dude, yeah. you can remember Puma. <laughs> the big ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely can't forget about the, the, the big dogs, Puma. I mean that sometimes I still don't reflect on that enough. Like damn, I'm a, you know, I'm a guy that's sponsored by Puma and the first MMA athlete ever. I don't really basking that enough but you and usain bolt yeah you know in those echelons you know rest in peace nipsey hustle um yep. selena gomez j cole all these other like names you know um yeah i love the fact that of the big four they're the ones who looked at me and looked at how i am sometimes you know i'm very very open with the way i express myself no matter how weird it gets and they were just like we like that guy yeah yep. yeah we want to work with him I respect that. Um, new ones like Steak.com and a few other. Killcliff. Killcliff. Kill oh, yes. Can't forget about Killcliff. And wait. Wait till you see what we drop when, when, we, um, when we get the, uh, the Killer Kiwi on the markets. Uh, I've had a taste <laughs> of that now. We created a drink, a flavor that's unique to my essence, my story, my brand. And, and also Killcliff, the team is so awesome. We went. After the after the Vittori fight, we were in Phoenix, and um, one of their backers owns a racetrack, and they took us on the track, um, and just pretty much we just had a blast on the track with all these fast cars, and then went back to the pad, and just it was a good day. By the time it was done, it was like four p.m. We all went to bed, tuckered, and just like nap because it was just adrenaline filled day from seven a.m. to like three p.m. And yeah, I just I, I love I love this position we're in. We have a lot of uh. A lot of people to work with. I look forward to working with people in the future, but they have to know what who they get into business to. That's the thing. I advise these guys. That's look right. Get into business to, and yeah, let's make some money together. <laughs> the reason I like to ask that is I don't know if you saw it, but Dustin Poirier was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and Joe Rogan was having a go at him because he had a Samsung phone, and Dustin said, "No, I ride or die with Samsung." He got off the show. Samsung called him up and gave him a huge spot, like a huge sponsorship. I don't want to talk about oh, his business, really? but it oh, was wow. like, "Wow, that was crazy." <laughs> And now he's like yeah. Samsung for life. The earbuds, he's got everything <laughs> Samsung. Oh, so anyway, awesome. I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about some of your sponsors. Uh, Teddy, I know you got something. No, first of all, just listening to you talking about your dad and the advice that he gives you, you know, it reminds you of one of those, you know, one of the old stories uh, that somebody said, you know, it's amazing how as I get older, my father gets so much smarter. 
He's a smart man. There's things there's things that um that he said to me that in retrospect I'm like, damn, even as a kid, you know, you kind of listening and like, yep, I should have listened to him. And like in this in, in this game, you know, you look at guys like not even in this game, in, in, in sports in general, guys like great ones, okay, Michael Jordan, um, Khabib, you know, rest in peace to Mr. Namegomedov. You know, they some of these guys had their dads in their corner, you know, on the on the field or on the on the on the track or whatever. But for me, you know, he's not now he studies the game. He actually like sometimes gives me comprehensive game plans and I I compare them to what we already have. And I'm like, it's common sense. The guy, the, you know, from watching, he still watches football, soccer, as you guys call it. But like he watches <laughs> all the UFC cards from the prelims to the main event, every fight night, every pay-per-view. And he'll watch any middleweight fight and then just note them down. Like, all right, we don't have to worry about this guy. We don't have to, oh, we might have to worry about this guy. Note them down. <laughs> and great. yeah, it's good. It's, it's good to have that, you know, like have him in our corner. He was even at the fights this time. He's in quarantine at the moment with us, came over for three, four days, and now he's quarantining for two weeks. That's dedication. <laughs> there it is. That's loyalty, dedication, commitment. That's family. Mm. That's and, family. Um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I want to ask you, you and Eugene, what is your feeling on what's going on out there now with these, whatever you want to call them, these money grabbers, these events, uh, YouTubers fighting fighters, older fighters, uh, YouTubers mm. fighting uh, MMA guys like the Paul, one of the Paul brothers fighting Ben Askren. Yeah. Now they're talking about a fight coming up with, uh, we're going to fight Woodley. Tyron uh, Woodley. Yeah, Tyron Woodley. What, what's... What's your feeling about about these uh, I, events? I, I, no, I'll, go first. I'll uh, go first. Let me go first, EJ. We got a hot one. We got a hot one. First of all, you have to know about boxing. Got a hot one here. You know about boxing. Hey, you don't know shit about boxing. You don't know shit about boxing. You don't know shit about boxing. He knows about fighting. Israel, he knows about fighting. That's all that matters. Go I ahead, Eugene. Go right ahead, shit. Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> you all guys got to stick together. <laughs> uh, both, boxing, boxing is my favorite uh, sport, so that's my probably my first love. It's the first combat sport I ever watched, and um, and I'm um, I'm probably what you call a, a purist, and uh, I've never watched um, to this day. I have not watched Mayweather and McGregor, and uh, I, I just I am so in, in touch with the journey that fighters take um, from, and, and some of them come from nothing. There's guys in my gym that come from nothing. And there's guys that never get anything out of the sport their whole life, only self-satisfaction. They don't make a single dollar. And that's what I'm in, that's what I'm in love with. And that's what, that, those are the stories that I've studied um, when you look at boxing history. And, um, uh, this new phenomenon it just doesn't resonate with me, and I can't watch these guys that are that are uh, uh, that are. Yes, they're bringing attention to the sport, but they haven't taken the journey that um, people that are very personal to me have taken, and the journey that 
most of the greats have taken throughout history. They just haven't done it. They've done it a different way, and it just doesn't resonate me. So I don't have anything to do with it. I won't watch it. I won't support it. I will watch the people that come from the bottom to the top. That's my take. <laughs> Understood. Understood, and, and well well said uh, for the way that you feel and the way that you stand. Um, but it's they good have for the earned, business. It's good they, for the sport. Yeah, of course. Uh, listen, the sport. I understand they can make money. It's, you know, go make money. But um, And it's people's choices whether or not they buy it. But I understand your feelings. Uh, I understand it very much. What's your feeling, Israel? Um, yeah, I'm, even for me, it still perplexes me how he, ha he has never watched the Mayweather-McGregor fight because... I mean, we've seen it, and it was a com competitive fight. You know, it was a good fight. Um, yeah, see? <laughs> but I, I understand why he doesn't watch it because of the reason he said, and I respect that 100%. Um, but it's, 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 black, it's not just black and white for me. There's a huge gray area. Like, if two people want to wanna fight and people want to watch it and there's heaps of money to be made, Sure, let them make money. And at first, I wasn't a fan of some of it. But then, I think it was when I when I met Jake Paul, and I think I watched the um him versus Nate Robinson. That fight, I was not a fan of. I knew what was going to happen in that fight. I was kind of like, this seems like a mismatch. Even the new one, there was Lamar Lamar Odom versus um Aaron Carter. That who, who <laughs> sanctioned that? That's seven foot guy, seven foot black guy versus this scrawny little white dude that weighed probably like 145. And I'm just like, who sanctioned that? Where what was the weight class for that fight? What was the weight class? Yeah, and, they had on, and they had on like full helmets. Yeah, headgear. Like, it was crazy. And yeah, it just looked like it was just like, this should not have happened. But credit to them. Hey, someone wanted to see it and someone paid money to watch it. It wasn't me. But um, the recent one, this was a Logan versus Mayweather. That one, I wasn't really, I didn't really like, I wasn't really frothing over it at all. I was kind of like, oh, that's happening. Why is that happening? Okay. And then it got to like the, the, the way in name. Then I was just like, shit, this is actually happening. And it was just the spectacle of it. Just the spectacle of it. Like, what the fuck? Is it? And then like the fight day, like we're about to watch the fight. So I'm like, this is actually happening. But also any chance I get to watch Floyd Mayweather move around in the in the square circle or oh, I'll, I'll watch i'll watch a mayweather fight just because i love his style i love the way he moves in that ring he's one of the best of all time um and yeah it's just you know that what if is always there and it's it's silly but it's always there and you look at the fight logan paul survived you know he didn't get finished even though mayweather from like the third fourth and fifth was trying to put him away um, but it was, I was entertained. That's one thing I'd say. I was entertained. And I hope they both got rich off that. Cause yeah, that, and also for me, I'm, I, man, I've said this now. I'm going to finish with this. I keep saying you will catch me back in the boxing ring. Cause I've done that. It's for me, it's like, uh, it's easy, but like you see all these people now on retiring and you're just like, man, no one's put a hundred million dollars across my table yet. 
one box of flies. <laughs> <laughs> For a hundred million, I'll get in there and let the I'm other like, guy use a knife. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like but for me, same with Eugene, I'm like, I don't want to sell my soul, my code. Because I'm like, what the, if you want to fight, respect, first of all, respect the Clarissa Shields. I want to say she has more heart than all the top boxers, male or female, in the game right now. She, I want to say cojones, but she got the ovaries of doom, man. Because honestly, <laughs> to humble yourself and say, I mean, I know someone else who's done that, this guy. Like, to humble yourself and be like, I want to just learn. I want to learn the game of fighting, you know? And she puts herself in the fire. Humbled herself and came to MMA to learn. And in her first fight, she succeeded after going through adversity. That's a fucking champ right there. So I want to give her a shout. I feel like she's not being held enough for this because a lot of these guys are like, you know, oh, you know, let's fight, let's fight, you know, Tyson Fury. Oh, I'll fuck you up, Preston Gano, but, you know, we'll just use our hands. It's like, let's say, that's what are we doing? This is fighting. If you want to fucking fight, let's fucking fight. Like, and I feel like even a guy like Tyson Fury might be one of the only guys that's crazy enough. He is a gypsy to <laughs> do what Clarissa Shields has done to follow the, her lead, if you will, you know? So shout out to a big shout out to Clarissa Shields because fuck, that takes a lot of cojones and she got them bigger than all these fucking men out here in boxing these days. So yeah, I mean, for me, my code is martial arts. I humbled myself as well to get to this point. So no man can ever have me in any situation on the ground against the fence, on the feet. I wanted to make sure I can protect myself in any situation. So that's why I humbled myself and learned MMA. And if anyone wants that smoke, I feel like they can do it on this side. But then again, no one's put a hundred thousand million fucking gajillion dollars in front of my table to box some motherfuckers. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see in a few years. <laughs> you know, to your point about Clarissa, I saw that fight, her first match. Obviously, she's tremendous striking. Nobody, nobody is going to beat her striking. But she really, really proved herself on the mat. I mean, she was close to being submitted. She would not, not, not give in. And she mm. showed the resolve the character, uh, the toughness, the determination of a real champion in that situation. Yes. She would not give in, and she wound up turning it around. And as you said, she wound up winning that fight. Uh, she went through fire uh, to win it, and um, and you have to have respect for her to see what she what she did uh, in her yeah. in her debut. Uh, really, it, it was impressive. Again, the men in boxing need to take a page from her book and actually grow some balls if they want to fight. Like I'm, I'm uh, like almost like Eugene. I have my own code where I'm like, why are we pretending this is full expression of fighting? It's a very limited expression of fighting. Same with kickboxing. That's what I was from primarily a kickboxer. It's a very limited expression of fighting, and this is martial arts. Arts is about expression, and I want to express to the full potential potential of my ability and if someone is telling me no you can't do that you can only express with these tools i feel like that's that's not staying true to myself so that's why i'm like nah you never see me dance in the squared circle for a hundred million but then again no one's ever done that and put that across my table but i feel like i can make that money in the ufc as well that's one thing i feel like with what we're doing we can make that legacy and make that money in the ufc but yeah uh everyone take a page from clarissa shields book because she's the quote 
and <laughs> you guys are still limited. So, <laughs> yeah, she showed plenty of, as I said already, fortitude and heart and character to um, come come and win that fight when she was in a she was in a very difficult situation. And as you said, not only a difficult situation, but a, a new situation, a foreign situation for her. And and she did it. Uh, it. It was pretty impressive. Uh, there's no doubt, no doubt at all about that. Um, Ken, you have something else? No, no. I was just going to say I want to be sensitive to you to your time. I know it's uh, middle of the week over there in New Zealand. I don't even know what time uh, we it is. We got time today, Ken. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, you're still quarantined? Yeah, we're in quarantine. We've got two more days in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get, Izzy, when you get your first uh, NFT, let me know and we'll put it up here on the digital screens oh, during the show and I'm, we can I'm, run the, I'm, we'll run the auction for you. Oh, I've got the Oculus Rift, so I'm going to be making some art at some point and all right. yeah i'm just learning learning the skills if you will learning all right well let us know we'll display it up here for you so everyone in the fight game can see it let me ask you eugene you talked about boxing and of course israel who's your favorite fighter right now boxer um for both of us right now uh, as as today yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying watching uh, the monster, the Nui, at the moment. Oh, in, in a way, the Japanese, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, He's tremendous. Just, man, for such a... It's always amazing when a small package delivers so much. He's, tre he's tremendous you know what I I'm not surprised you love him too because Eugene as a coach you have to you have to admire how he's always balanced he's never out of position always in position and you know there's no that's like good that's all built off good boxing fundamentals it's not built off all the hairy fairies extras no, that are right. on the edge and 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 a special 100%. talent. Like, it's just amazing, amazing to watch. And he never he never wastes anything. Nothing yeah. is wasted. Nothing. Mm. I mean, I can see you really liking him. How about you, Israel? Who who's your favorite right now? Uh favorite boxer right now. I have to say, still Loma, Lomachenko. I he mean, was tremendous the other night. Oh yeah, my goodness! The other night that was beautiful. I also liked the um the Davis fight. That was a tremendous, a good comeback, good comeback. But um, Loma right now would be my favorite just because still the way he operates, the way he trains, the way he and his dad work together and his team, and yeah, I like their story. And you know, he's still he's still in boxing. He's the Matrix, you know, and uh, yeah, he is. The, um. The fight before that was a victor. Can't remember his name now. Shit, the one he lost. Where uh, uh, were you Go, watching? Uh, and you're Lopez. Watching... Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, yeah. And you're watching that scene, like what, like what's what's happening? You're not sure. And then he's losing rounds, losing rounds, losing rounds. Like he still fought through adversity, even though it was later on to get back there. But yeah, I, I just look forward to seeing, you know, that fight. And also, even in boxing right now, there's so many fights I like to see. Loma, Javonta, um, the Mexican guy's name, Garcia, um, you know, like, and Lopez as well. All there's like, but like, there's not, no one's making those fights. That's one thing I'm not really happy with, with boxing right now. They, don't they don't, don't get titty started. The, <laughs> don't get us going. Don't get titty started. Don't get titty started. <laughs> 
Oh, oh man! <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh no! Oh, forget it! Yeah, forget they're it! Not, they're not making that. Even though I think it was wasn't meant to be AJ versus um Tyson Fury, and it's, then that's it's not why happening the UFC, now. It's, so, it's why the UFC is special. It's why it's one advantage UFC yeah. has over boxing. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I it's also it why week. when the UFC can't get a fight made with their current heavyweight champ, they're like, "Okay, we can't come to terms. Here's an interim title. <laughs> See ya." Boom. Like, <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is like there is nothing nice going on. This is yeah. business. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they make the, they make every one of you guys are in tough fights. Every one of you guys are in mm -hmm. real fights all the time. And in boxing, not all the time at all. Not nearly enough, unfortunately. And um, it's a shame because it's, it hurts the sport and it hurts the fans that they're not going to see the best fights. You know, Tank Davis and Lomachenko would be unbelievable fight. You're never going to see it. That, you're, you're that never should, be the, that never should be the next fight. Never going to see it, Israel. 100% Israel. Sad. That's sad. That's denying the true, you know, pugilists like yourselves, like Eugene. It's denying you guys, you know, what you what. I feel like it's owed to the world almost, but again, this is the corruption of, of, of boxing that's happening. Yes, it, but it should be something that's like, we want to see who the best fighter is, the best boxer is, if you will. So, yeah, um, sad. 100%. Sad state of affairs. And it's funny you mentioned Lomachenko because Lomachenko, when they asked him after his fight about um, a rematch with Lopez and they mentioned something about money and he said, he was incredulous, like money. What are you talking? I'm fighting for legacy. I have enough money. I'm not. I'm. I'm not doing yeah. this for money. Whereas other guys, when they asked Tank Dave uh, Leonard Ellerby about Tank fighting um, Garcia or uh, Josh Taylor, he's like, "Well, what does Josh Taylor bring to the table? Like, we're trying to build a star. We're not looking for necessarily the best fights." And I was uh, like, "What?" Tank Davis you're could probably the point. do you're missing, really well you're missing there. The point. Exactly. If you follow the legacy, the money will come. That's how I felt. I mean, even doing doing this game, I never chased money. You know, me and Eugene never chased money. We like back in the day, fucking can I please borrow five hundred dollars? Eugene will give me the money, and I pay him back like two months later. He'd be like, "What's this for?" I'm like, "You borrowed me five hundred bucks two months ago." He's like, "Oh, he'd forget about it." And he wasn't the richest man at the time either, but he was able to help me. When I was on the skins of of my, of my ass cheeks, you know, but yeah, <laughs> now now, like, now you're driving a McLaren comfortably. <laughs> yeah, now we're both living comfortably. You know, looking after our families, and we're still raking it up. This two week quarantine is only a little price to pay to make a, a few bags. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 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 glad we can set up for our future doing this shit. Thank God, and listen, I'm glad that I'm speaking to. Not just two talented people and, you know, a talented coach and obviously a tremendously talented fighter, but just the two good people, two good human beings. I'm thankful for that. And um, right, Thanks for that, Teddy. Yeah, Appreciate thank, you. Thank you, Teddy. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, it's our pleasure, man. We, you, we 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 love your energy, the attitude, the 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 team mentality. We talk about that amongst ourselves here. Is like it's nice to be part of a team at some point in your life where you feel like you have people with you that are dependable, and you know, like you said, he gives you five hundred dollars and probably never even expects it back. It's just nice to mm. have people like that in your life, and it's he, very he, evident. He, he 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 reminded me of a story because. This guy, whenever anything gets sent to the gym and it has my name on it, he has the audacity because it's his gym to think he can open my fucking mail. <laughs> it's <just> fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> so I get back from fucking God knows where, 
what I was doing. And is a I think I had a PS5 sent to me for something I did. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then he dashed me up like it's his. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. But then he, he th- this was a free PS5, but they reminded me of a story. Um, apparently that I bought him a PS4 years ago. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, because apparently he came to watch this fight with me. Oh, he came to corner me in China. Um, oh, I can't remember. You tell him the story. Like, uh, it's like he came to we, corner we me. Were, we were in China and somehow he must have got the story that I really wanted to buy my son a PlayStation um, with, with the money that he was going to pay me for the fight. Anyway, we got absolutely ripped off that fight and we didn't make the money we were meant to. Um, so then when we get back to New Zealand, he's got no money, I've got no money, but he walks into the gym with a PlayStation. And I'm like, you can't, like, what is this? Like, for a start, you can't afford this. What is this for? And he said, this is the, this is the gift for your son. And um, I'm getting emotional talking about it now, but, you know, I never forgot that. Um. He had ah oh, stuff. You made me cry as well. <laughs> he had no money. He had no money. I, I I ended up. I made him take it back and get his money back. But that's not the point. Like, it's just this is this is why I believe in my team, and 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 I have so many good people in my team. And my team, to me and to us, if we had no champions, no UFC fighters, no boxing fighters fighting Joseph Parker, it doesn't. Like, we would still have the best team in the world. It's because of the people inside the team. Without all the trophies and accolades, really a good team is made up of the people in it. And if you have a bunch of good people, then what's true about us is good things will happen. Yeah. 100%. And um, people caring about people, uh, it's nothing better and nothing stronger. People caring about other people. Yeah. That's 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 for tremendous. me. It just I, I I forgot about that completely. So I only brought that up because like I was really taken aback that he remembered that story, and then yeah, I was like, oh yeah, true. I think I did remember doing that, but then he wouldn't fucking give me the <laughs> PS Five though because that was free. So he's like, I do that by <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Because I, I already I already had one. I already had a PS Five at home, so that was an extra one. I was like, oh yeah, of course it's for the kids. So I didn't mind, but. I was glad to remember that story and he told me that because I was like, damn, I would have forgot about that completely. When you guys think about those stories, do you ever sit around the gym or wherever you're at and think like, man, remember when we didn't have money for a PS5 and now look at us. PS4 and now we're like, we got the belt and we're like here and it's like, we just got our, all we have is ourselves to thank. We, we did this as a team. Not all the time together, but like I have my moments when I step back and I'm just like, when was the last time I did that? There was, um... I think maybe the last time I did that was walking backstage this fight with the team because, you know, my dad was there, my brother was there, and my team was all around me. And I saw Brad dapped them up. And then I kind of, like, had the moment, like, fuck, we did it again. All right. And it, this one wasn't as mwah, sweet, but, like, still, it was just I was just grateful to be with my team and my people. Yeah. I'm sure he has his moments as well. Well, I think for me, like, Man, I, I'm blessed because what I want to do with my life, I'm doing. And I'm tra- I'm training people yeah. full time and I've got all these tremendous athletes and 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 every day I go into the gym. That's not work to me. That's like that's living the dream. And so I don't need anything. But one thing that really that I reflect on is I, I 
at the start of this, I didn't think I could provide for my family with the sport. I was, we just had nothing. And um, I, I just wasn't, I, I was so, it used to upset me that I probably was looking at having to give this away to provide for my family as, as a man should do. Um, but as it turns out, I, we, we put our head down and we worked hard. And now, now, even though I don't need anything, what makes me so happy is that I can make my family comfortable, which I was never able to do um, in this sport. And, and that's what really I reflect on and makes me tremendously happy. I wouldn't say much else about what he does, but like there's more than just his family. He helps a lot of people that, you know, I don't want to say because then they'll know that he's helping, but they don't even know he's helped them. So I like, I'll give this man credit where it's due. Like he helps a lot of people even when they don't know he's helping them. And I, I find that very, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's what I love about you guys. It's like very obvious that you're sincere. Like Teddy said, good people. And it's, um, it's been an honor and a privilege to speak with you now a couple of times. You're officially friends of the show. And eventually we're going to get some cool swag made up that would even pass the style benders uh, style test. Maybe one day we'll do a live. I think I think later on. Hell yeah. Later on, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do it live one day. Yeah. Meet in person. That would be awesome. That would be yeah, great. Yeah, for sure. That would be great. You guys take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. And um, stay blessed and stay the beautiful people that you are. Thanks, Teddy. Thanks, Ken. Likewise. Thank Love you, Teddy. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. All right. Appreciate Love you guys. You. Take care. All right. Bye. See you. Thank you, man. <laughs>